0: Just not trying that at all. No, no,
1: no. Uh, so what have you been listening to lately, James? Anything in particular?
0: Um, <laughs> a guy named Ishmael Rivera. Oh yeah? Yeah, fucking. I've been on. I've been on a like boogaloo salsa kick for like the last six months. I'm sorry. What? Boogaloo salsa. It's like. It, okay. Um... You're
1: going to be have, have to be way more specific for my honky ass. <laughs> okay.
0: Right around, uh, let's see, mid 60s, like about between 63 and 66, salsa hit New York. Well, salsa was already there, but um, it hit in with a lot of the uh, Afro jazz clubs and stuff and branched off into the stuff called Boogaloo Salsa and its fucking huge dance craze. It was like, it's like, you know, like early 60s ska with the <laughs> horns.
1: Sure, and all that
0: Yeah. It's like that only Latin as a motherfucker and it hits a beautiful spot in my head every time I listen to it. It's just mm, yeah.
1: Mm. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Spe- speaking of just pissing right in the face of your culture since we had talked about wet burritos not too long <laughs> oh, fuck ago. Me guess what I made an entire pan of. Oh god, wet burritos? God damn right. Oh, some chicken put- bean. And you know what I put in those burritos, James? I'm afraid. Do do you want to hear it? Oh, please don't tell me it was cheese. You're going to get real was. mad at me.
0: Please don't tell no, me it was cheese. No, Jesus. no, no. Okay, no, no. okay.
1: You know me better than that. That is to... only goes on, uh, Phillies. Oh, fuck
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Inside of that was chicken, mm-hmm. black beans that I made with turkey bacon. Because we couldn't make yeah, it with lard or bacon, so I had to do it with, you know, the closest thing I could what, get. Which you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,. And then I put some sautéed onions uh-huh. and green peppers. Okay, with some green and black olives.
0: Oh, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> oh wrap,
0: wrap that up inside there with some pickled jalapenos. Oh, you had me till everything was beautiful till them olives, dude. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, geez, Give me that salt, baby. <laughs> yeah, just that, it's something about olives. I mean, I ugh, I can't do them. Green and black, my friend. Yeah, if I had like, I can eat them if they're cooked in and melded with a flavor. Like, sure. I appreciate the olive flavor, but the concentrated fucking olive is just pure de-nasty, homie. It's just,
1: ugh. Yep. And then I made my famous old burrito sauce, which I still want to get you to try sometime.
0: Yeah, but what's all in it, man? I, I had to forego the beef
1: mm-hmm. stock because, obviously, the mammal product. Right, paid. right. But usually, it's chicken and beef stock with your cumin. Uh-huh. If you're feeling froggy, a little bit of chili powder, but I don't like to add it. Uh-huh. Um... A little bit of coriander, uh-huh. garlic, uh, onion—you're basically like Southwest spices—and you bring that up to mm-hmm. uh, you know to where it's simmery and bubbly,
0: uh-huh. and then you add a can of tomato paste. Well, oddly, you know what I would add to that? Just a tiny, just the tiniest pinch of oregano, just a little. Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah. That's okay. what I mean. Your Southwest spices. Okay, yeah. yeah, but most people don't think of the oregano with. Mexican flavors, Wait, and, and it's you, like a fucking secret, secret ingredient.
1: You ready for the real secret ingredient, yeah. which I guess won't be a secret so much anymore? What's that? Little bit of the uh, vinegar from the pickled jalapenos.
0: Ooh,
1: to snap! To add a little bit of pop and some uh, spice on the back end. Oh man, I'm I'm fucking
0: all over that, dude. Yeah. So you want to uh, eat some wet burritos with me sometime? Absolutely, just leave the olives out on me. Nope, absolutely not. Let's play it around. A secret them. recipe. I will eat around them, goddamn. Nope. You absolutely will not. Then I will, you will st- stand over you
1: with a goddamn knife, if need be. Well, I eat it in my, just in my shirt. And speaking over of uh, standing over a man with a knife, hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and
0: I am one of your hosts. <laughs> and I am James Marino, and I am the other one of your hosts. See, but every other week I can get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I was, I came into this knowing I was like, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this. He Ain't gonna get me. He ain't gonna get me. Fuck you.
1: Yeah, you kind of led me right into it too, uh, like having to make sure with an authoritarian hand that you're eating olives.
0: Mm-hmm. D- no. Oh,
1: James. Ah, uh, yes. James. Yes. Uh, this week. Mm-hmm. We uh, we're continuing our zombie saga. Yes. 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 With 1932's White Zombie, Mm -hmm. written by Garnett Weston, directed by Victor Halperin, starring Madge Bellamy as Madeline, Robert Frazier as Charles Beaumont, and
0: the fucking Bella Lugosi as Murder. Murder Lejeune. I can't can't, even... Lejeune, Lejeune, Lejeune. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Bella Lugosi's name is murder. My first name is murder. So
1: James, I usually have a question for. You. Do you mind if I go first? I'll it's it's go very first rarely that moment. I that I do this. Go ahead. I had never seen this before. What really? This was, uh, old, old, old movies. Like this are a huge blind spot of mine. And every time that I watch one, I am so goddamn satisfied. Brad did it to me with The Thin Man, and Mm. then watching this, Brad, this movie is incredible. (laughs) And I would like to mention, uh, for being made in 1932, I -hmm. was expecting it to be far more problematic than it was, Mm -hmm. especially dealing with the uh, location that we are dealing with. Mm -hmm. But it surprisingly uh, exceeded my expectations as far as being horribly offensive, which I when you watch a movie from the 30s, nobody thought
0: twice about it then. And and I'm right there with you because what I, I, I on purpose, did is a little research as humanly possible on this because I'm sure everybody said everything and I don't want to get in my own head. Right. But from the one thing that I understand about this movie, this was made outside of the studio. So they didn't have to have studio notes. They didn't have to say, you know, you got to, you got to, yeah, we're going to add a little more racism. Why? Because it's going to sell, you know. They did what they did. It was a whole separate production, which is why they used stuff from like seven different types of monster movies. Mm -hmm. They had to rent everything. Nothing was supplied by the studio. Everything was just by the seat of their pants. And I fucking love that about this movie. And I think previous to now, the earliest film that we've
1: done, at least for this, is Psycho. Yeah. 1960. Mm -hmm. And this was, what, 28 years before? Yes. James, some of the filmmaking in this blew me away. And I did not expect when watching this movie from 1932. Like, yes, there are a ton of static shots. It has the thing that I love about old movies, which is they actually play a scene. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cut every three seconds mm-hmm. because, again, 1932 film is expensive. And you have to move the fuck out
0: of those cameras.
1: Yes. You got a heavy. Mm-hmm. So. When that camera is there, you do it, and you get it fucking right. Yep. And some of the shots that they set up blew my goddamn mind. And we'll get into that, but oh, yeah. I, almost everything about this. Um, I always love the old, old, uh,
0: like, performances. Because, mm-hmm. again, they're all stage actors. Yes. This is almost a brand new medium. And on top of that, a lot of them were silent actors, which is why you have these, these beautiful poses, hand motions, everything that they did comes a lot from the silent era, the way that they moved, the, some of the poses they struck, the, specifically that, that weird mudras that that Bella was doing to control the zombies. That uh-huh. was fucking cool. Yep. And, again, it's something that
1: didn't take money, mm-hmm. but they, due to just efficient filmmaking – Focused on that to make you visually understand that's how he is controlling the
0: zombies. And and the cool thing, too, is like when I was watching this movie, I'm not usually aware of cuts. I know you count them, that type of thing. But now I see where the cuts go naturally because they had to figure out a spot or a place to stop it so that they could recreate that scene when they move the camera. And it, it, it was just like it was like a film class to me. And Now I can see where they put cuts in other movies. Because they they couldn't do it as seamlessly because somebody had to literally take a razor blade and cut the film and splice it together to get the right cut. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of cool to see how they did it like way in the way back. Because I grew up watching all the old movies. My mom would sit down and just watch like all the old Greta Garbo movies, Nick and Nora, all the Thin Man ones, all... And on Creature Features, they, all they showed was old movies. Anything that was public domain that they could show on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I honestly, James, y- y- you know my favorite part about this? And it, it's going to go with uh, the things that, well, things that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Hour and six minutes. Oh, However, yes. that very, very short runtime does not make it like an incomplete or rushed story. Mm-mm. I don't think. They told an efficient
0: story in an hour and six minutes. And because of the difference in theatricality of the actors and the, the depth of the dialogue, everything meant something.
1: Mm-hmm. And the,
0: even though it is foreign to us, like when, I, so when you first start watching it before you kind of get into the movie, you're like, dude, what's with the face? Oh my God, what are they doing? Why is he standing like that? And once that turns off, You get with the flow because that's how people received their er, er, entertainment back in the day. So that was very natural to them. That was very, you know. And so once it got natural to me, it was just beautiful how much more depth they give it from that. What's the word I'm looking for? That operatic style. Exactly. And you
1: had already touched on like the facial expressions. (laughs) Bella Lugosi looks as
0: insane as anyone has ever looked in this movie. I know sometimes he looks like a little boy that was excited about a Christmas present and then all of a sudden fucking murder. Just- <laughs> so uh, where, where do you want to start with our
1: like analysis of it? Should we go through the story because this is a very very old film and mm-hmm. I don't know if a lot of people have seen it. I mean obviously it's the, the film that launched the band White Zombie which gave us Rob Zombie Mm-hmm. But how many people have actually sat down and watched... We talked about it during Psycho. Like, yeah, everybody knows the, the parts. Mm-hmm. But, like, there were, I had never even seen, like, clips of this in, like, old, like, you know, horror clip show stuff. All right. All of this was brand new to me. And I was just... Abs- First of all, the zombies. All right. Oh. Since it's called White Zombie, let's start in on that. Mm-hmm. So... I don't want to go chronologically, but just it sets it up so fucking beautifully that uh, Madeline and Neil, I believe, yeah. is, uh, are uh, riding in the back of this carriage, and we find out that they're in Haiti, in the West Indies. There's some colonizer bullshit, and I was mad immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they hit a weird procession. Mm-hmm. And again, like we talked about in Zombie last week, just the weird rituals that they have, they straight up explain to us that yeah, they bury people in the middle of the road because there are effectively grave robbers mm-hmm. who will come by and just steal the corpses. Mm-hmm. So they put the corpses where
0: uh, where everybody is. Yep. Well, there's also also like if you go way back to the idea of burying people at a crossroads, so they can't go to heaven or hell. They're stuck there and they can never come back. Mm-hmm. And so that that's I mean. They didn't have to really... You know how we demand lore a lot of times? We didn't need it. Everything was explained plausibly. Yeah,
1: and it was ex- basically explained to us because we were... Uh, like Neil and Madeline were pretty much the audience proxy. Mm-hmm. They needed it explained to them what was happening. Boom. Told us efficient fucking filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't mind a good two and a half hour movie, but if you can get an hour and six and put this much story into it and give me little factoids like that. Like, yeah, they bury people in the road because there's grave
0: robbers. Oh, plus, you know what? They gave us the the um, 30s version of TNA because this was pre-haze and we got to see her... In her knickers before the wedding,
1: woohoo! Mm-hmm. But uh, getting to the zombies, they pass this uh, uh, ceremony that's happening, mm-hmm. and they stop the driver. You know, what, you know, they're questioning him, and he's trying to answer them, and looks off into the distance,
0: and just goes zombies, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we go, and it was like, oh shit, zombies already? Hell yeah! I, I will tell you one of, one of my favorite things about this movie is um, one of the actors. Sounded like he was trying to do a Haitian accent with a thick Georgia accent underneath it. Oh boy. And I was shitting my pants. Because that would be like me with my thick South Side accent <laughs> trying to do a Haitian accent. It would just be fucking comical.
1: Yeah. And it was. It yeah. was hilarious. But like I said, in getting to the zombies within like the first five minutes, mm-hmm. but not having like. Because these are not our, uh, I guess, typical zombies. Right. These are more of your, like, Caribbean, you know. Slaves. Exactly. Uh, Mindless slaves. People who were not dead, necessarily. It's not Mm -hmm. the dead rising from the grave. It's people put into, like, a paralytic state Mm -hmm. and are pretty much just destroyed. Yep. And it's because Bela Lugosi just didn't like them. That is fucking great. It, It... it's people that he had vendettas against on mm-hmm. the island, and now he
0: just has this horde of zombies like running his sugar cane. And I loved like them going through each one because each of them had a different costume. The big dude, <laughs> the, the big gigantic guy, uh, who uh-huh. was the gendarme, he was the guard of the whole thing, and this guy was the, you know, he, he, he led battalions, and, and this was the doctor that tried to stop me. So, fuck all these guys are now zombies.
1: So uh, the basic gist of the story is that Mr. Beaumont invites Neil and Madeline to his estate to be married. Mm -hmm. And they invite the local priest, or at least missionary, who must be a priest. I think he says he is. Uh, Mr. Beaumont wants to marry Madeline because Mm -hmm. they had met on a boat from New York. Mm -hmm. So he goes to uh, Bela Lugosi who I'm trying to figure out like what his like reputation on this island is because like him and Beaumont clearly know each other but mm-hmm. Beaumont doesn't trust him mm-hmm. whatsoever. Right. So he's immediately just this shady character right. and we've already seen him walk up to the uh carriage that Madeline and Neil were in oh, and steal man. her uh scarf.
0: Was that not the creepiest fucking looking thing you like ever? looking like an assigned. absolute goddamn maniac. Mhm. I'll be creeped about that for months. Just, just the idea. Every time my car window goes down, I'll be, I'll be looking for, for him like, fuck. Yeah, and it's just his eyes, mm-hmm. effectively. And, and they gave him fake eyebrows that are too close together and way too close. Okay, busy. the only thing that bothered me about this whole movie is his mustache started on either side of his nose, right? Yeah, came down and his eyebrows went all the way across. It was as if his eyebrows jumped down to be his mustache and his mustache jumped up to be his eyebrows and it was fucking with me. Yeah, but it looks sinister as shit. Oh, hells yeah. Plus that widow's peak that motherfucker had. Dude. <laughs> Creep. Hey. So, uh, like I said,
1: Beaumont goes to murder Bella mm-hmm. Lugosi and says what can I... I, I must have this woman. Mm-hmm. So he gives... Uh, Beaumont this powder that will effectively make her a zombie. Yeah. And Beaumont knows that, and Murder just tells him, like, hey, it's the only way. They're getting married in a matter of hours. It's Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to pull this off. So Beaumont uh, effectively poisons Madeline. Uh, She, quote-unquote, dies. Okay. Neil goes insane. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. Neil goes insane. They... Take Madeline. Uh, Neil uh, goes to the local missionary who kind of gives him the skinny on like, oh, well, I've seen some shit with my own eyes that... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it really makes me question everything.
0: <clears throat> and I kind of told you, uh, uh-huh. you, you shouldn't have fucking done it. Yeah,
1: I, I, to, I told you when we were at Beaumont's house, like, hey, if you were wise, you'd uh, you kick
0: rocks. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, I would have been a little more emphatic, but I'm just a happy guy. Yeah, he, he is a delight. He is but, amazing. So uh, Madeline
1: is now a zombie, uh, and Beaumont is completely regretting this decision. Right. Uh, again, we'll get You'd into- rather see hate. We'll get into all this. Then the emptiness. And there is a final showdown where the priest and Neil end up. I was kind of confused. Were they supposed to be at Murder's house or did Murder show up at Beaumont's
0: estate? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I think it was Beaumont's estate.
1: That's what I thought too. But they said that they were going to some strange castle. And I assumed that was where Murder lived. But then why would everybody
0: beat there? Be it doesn't the yeah, Either way. They had the set. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> yep. And there was...
0: They drew the a, Matt Paytons. Let's
1: go. There's a big showdown. Uh, murder, six, all the zombies on uh, the priest and mm-hmm. Neil. They defeat him by pushing him off of a cliff into a river. Oh, the big fight scene. Whoa. <laughs> and push, then, push, push. Ah. And then Beaumont himself jumps off of the cliff because mm-hmm. he can't live with what he's done. Right. So, James. Yes. I did not expect a theme uh, such as, hey, maybe don't deceive and fuck with women
0: in a film from 1932. But think about this, and I, I, I was really, really thinking about this. During that time, who were the actors? Italians, Jews, black people, gays. A lot of people that couldn't work inside the studio system now had a chance to make a movie. They're not going to put some fucked up shit in there because they're not going to hurt other people that are, you know, marginalized, too. There, there was a whole undercurrent of these um, smaller films outside of the studio thing, which were a lot more enlightened. Again, like I told you, if this had been made under that studio guise, it would have been a lot more horrific from what we're used to seeing. Because a lot of that studio stuff, like King Kong, was studio-made. Their depictions of the natives? Oh boy. <clears throat> yeah. But because this was outside of the studio system and the writers and everybody else were, you know, either marginalized or closeted, they were more apt to put a, a, an empowering, you know, empowered women or empowered natives or empowered anything. Which and they kind of snuck it in there too. Right. I, I wouldn't
1: call Madeline necessarily empowered. I mean, she's still saved by men. Or the but- time. Right. I understand. And that's kind of where I was getting to is I didn't expect it to be that uh, self-aware, especially for murder to say, you know, hey, I can undo this. But what do you think that she is going to think of you? Do you think she is going to love you when she finds out the truth that you effectively robbed her of all of her free will? And kept her as a slave, effectively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you think th- that's going to go over? Do you really want me to turn her back? Because
0: it's not going to end well for you, sir. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you could see the gears turning because he's like, "Fuck all, yeah, I got the dust. All you, you keep fucking with me, we'll see what happens." Mm-hmm. And it, for him to
1: be so po- not possessive of her, but. Uh, you know, I must have her. He's trying to talk her out of getting married while she's walking down the staircase to go this, get this married. Is, this is my favorite
0: part of the movie. I will I will do anything in the whole world except maybe talk to you way before when we we're on the ship to kind of tell you what's up and try to sweep you off your feet. I'm just going to wait till the last second yeah, it's, to do the least amount possible to get you. Yeah, And then I'm going to fuck you up. It, it's a
1: wealthy man thinking that he can just have whatever he wants. And when that isn't the case... He resorts to drugging her and turning her into a zombie, mm-hmm. effectively breaking her will. Oh, which which then, led to my f- favorite
0: scene in the movie.
1: And then is unhappy because the light is gone from her eyes. You, you're not the same Madeline that you used to be, and all the while knowing that like, yeah, it's your fault. Hmm. It it's such a I did not expect this out of I guess any film from 1932, but from white zombie of all things
0: well yeah i mean that that part where she was playing the piano just completely vacant with those oh. eyes oh because the, the way they did the they did like the clara bow lips the you know mm-hmm. and the giant eyes you know you know how weird it is for me to see anybody where you can see the top whites of their eyes yeah at all times her eyes were so round and i was just like and she just no effect whatsoever no matter what he did around her and to think about it um there were a couple other piano scenes from the era like 28 or 29 when reefer madness came out right um there was i think there was a crazy piano scene in freaks uh tad Browning's freaks all that stuff yeah so there and like i got told Speaking you of problematic movies, right, or james whaley's uh bride of frankenstein that was subversive as fuck yeah. a lot of these movies again but a lot of them were made outside of the studio sorry my brain just went there again but yeah yeah that scene was so evocative just it, with the eyes it Like I said, it's so
1: emotionally effective that it blew my mind that they were able to accomplish all of this in this era. In 11
0: fucking days. Yeah. 11 days. And they made it on with spit and bailing wire.
1: Yeah. And there's the part where she is with the, uh, like, two maids or people, or the two women that are supposed to look after her. Mm -hmm. And the one of them's like, I want to get out of (laughs) here. Yeah. Like, seeing her is making me uncomfortable because it's, there's a zombie that we have to take care of. It's this woman being forced into this thing that she has no control over. Mm-hmm. And the other maid saying, you know, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's Mr. Beaumont. Like, <laughs> you think if he did this to this woman that he loves, he wouldn't do it to you as well? Mm-hmm.
0: Like, What are you thinking? And I, it answered the unasked question even back then. Why don't they unask? Because they fucking can't. Exactly, and
1: being so goddamn aware in 1932 to call out a rich man, a rich white man mm-hmm. who owns a plantation in Haiti, you know, I mean, I guess that's not really that important, but it is uh, saying, you know, no, you can't have everything you want. You cannot just take everything right and it's such a message on capitalism because murder mentions to him like yeah i can make you a whole fleet of these
0: Mm -hmm. they can help on your plantation you'll make so much money you don't have to pay them Mm -hmm. oh and that scene where where they were showing how they were just mindless when when the one guy fell into the threshing machine yeah they spent i mean the way they showed that thresher from on top you know how fucking hard that had to be with that 10 billion pound camera to crane that shit up, a real crane, they probably had to use like three chain falls and, <laughs> you know... Yeah, please don't fall and break, please don't fall and break, right? please don't fall and, and they're and break. filming this thing and, and then you see them come in and now Modern One would have splattered the walls with blood and the whole shot didn't fucking care. It was just... Didn't to, need it. Just to show how much chattel these these creatures were. Yeah, and... And that the, the the what fucked me up the most too is near the end of the movie when she was starting to get free will back. I'm like, fuck! All these people that are there are still there. They're trapped in a zombie. Now that to me is more terrifying than turning into a flesh eating mindless thing. Because I'm mindless. I'm fucking dead. I don't care. Yeah, those are dead that have risen from the grave. But to to know to have some. Awareness all in the back while being forced to do, be a slave or to just mindlessly follow any direction. You can't not do it. To have complete autonomy taken away from you is by far more terrifying. Exactly.
1: And it shows the just the level of deviousness from Mr. Beaumont, who he's a psychopath.
0: Mm-hmm. Regard,
1: I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter. He did what he did, and he's a psycho, but he feels remorse. Mm-hmm. And Bela Lugosi is just like, yeah, you can do whatever. I got a whole fleet of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they die. I don't give a shit. They're making me money. I get Who more? fucking cares?
0: I got the shit. Fuck it.
1: And again, there's no way that that is not a commentary on what was happening. Really? Yeah. In America. Hmm. 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 This rich, rich man, not giving a flying fuck. And willfully, like, Admitting that he's destroying his, not only competitors, but just his enemies. Because yep. he can.
0: Because
1: yeah, fuck you, that's why. Yeah. And he does have that attitude of, you know, why it, it never really comes up, but it's fairly apparent in the film that his attitude is just, well, why should I care? Mm-hmm. I didn't like this guy. Yeah. I had a vendetta with him.
0: This guy tried to kill me. Dude, the fucking bare chest with that gigantic iron cross. And I mean, each, each, of the, um, each of the main zombies had a thing. One was the cloak. One was that, that weird, that weird uh, cage on his leg. Mm-hmm. And you could instantly tell which one it was. And I, I love that because I, I have a tough time paying attention. So it was, a, again, beautiful. It was a short movie. I could watch it all the way through. And it had so many just a little details. Although I will have to say the other thing that took me out of it is I swear they filmed the hill scenes right under the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I swear to God, (laughs) if you ever been out in the canyons out there, it's just like Jesus, Ed Wood. So, I have a question for
1: you because I think we watched this on different platforms. Mm -hmm. Was yours just in black and white, or
0: was it in that sort of color? No, straight up black and white, and it was a nice. It was a nice cut too, because I saw I went through three of them, and um, two of them were like super bright, like super like almost phosphor white and black. And they didn't have the, the light, I forgot what the word, the light contrasting that a real movie of that time would have. Because I was watching it on something high def, and when it does that, it's just shitty. Right. So the cut that I saw, you could see the gradations of shadow, that kind of thing. So
1: See, the one that I watched was sort of colorized. Like, it looked like they had done it. Like- Almost sepia. Kind of, yeah. Uh. It looked like somebody had like sketched it in with colored pencils, so there was a little bit of that that took me out of it. Again, I can't mm-hmm. fault the movie for that because what I wanted to talk about is the sets, oh. dude. Films of this era, and I think uh, me and Brad talked about it during Music Man too, is again films expensive. Mm-hmm. Time, time's a ticking, mm-hmm. but if we're gonna do this, let's do it right. Everything in this film, except for obviously, you know, like landscape shots where they had to use
0: backdrops because. Yeah, but those were some excellent mats because they, they put the mats on an actual, like they there was, they were on a shoreline, but there was no hill. So they forced perspective of these mats. You knew there were mats, but they were so beautifully done that they were their own works of art within a work of art. You know what I mean? Exactly. And all the interior
1: scenes, the sets in this were Fucking gorgeous. And I don't generally notice
0: sets, except for in old movies like this. Oh, no, I notice all sets.
1: When, when they super-duper cared about how everything looked. Because, again, these were people that were used
0: to doing stage productions. And because I used to watch so many of these types of movies, though, I kept waiting for Chico Marx to come in. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, Harpo to come in and I'll honk twice. Or, or somebody to make a quip. Because was like in, in those few interstitial scenes where it was kind of quiet and they were civil. Mm-hmm. I kept, again, I kept waiting for shtick and I'm like, Oh no, it's a horror movie. But it was so, it was so of the time that they wouldn't commit it to screen unless it had a certain look because it needed to, it was, their name was on that. Exactly. People, people had that pride. And I, I do want to
1: talk about the filmmaking. Cause this movie did a few things that fucking knocked my socks off. Hmm. Um, the scene where Neil goes to visit the missionary, or the priest. Mm-hmm. And there's a, they have the big, long conversation about, you know, like, I, I knew something has been going on here for years, blah, blah, blah. blah. The ste- scene starts with camera focus, and we see the uh, priest's face. hmm And it's Neil, like, with his hands on the desk, and it's shot from between <laughs> his arms. hmm Now the camera <clears throat> pans back gives us the whole scene, which fantastic See, I said at the end of this fantastic scene, mm-hmm. the dialogue, the acting, everything about it is fantastic. Now, what they do to wrap the scene up is effectively do it in reverse. Yes. They bring it back around to where Neil leans back over the desk and it starts... The, the sequence ends with the same shot that it began with. Yes. And I don't know if I had ever seen so I did not expect just... That level of filmmaking to come out in 1932, because a lot of things that were shot at that time, again, were very efficient. You put the camera here. Mm -hmm. We'll just shoot it. We'll do it fast, and we'll get it right. I did not expect the level of forethought to go, no, this is how I want this entire sequence to play out, where we pull back and get the entire room, pan over, camera moves, the characters move back. To their original starting sequence or starting positions and we end the sequence the same way that and we And using
0: the shadow as the thing as the split part of the thing. Exactly. It, it, it was beautiful, it was symmetrical. But you gotta think about it too. Um during this period, there were like maybe two two different types of cameras you could have. And anybody who had one, a lot of these weren't even owned by a studio. Some of these were just owned by three guys who thought the camera was the fucking coolest thing in the entire universe. Yeah. And so they went back and they started fucking around with film. And so everything you see is an innovation that's been used for a hundred years now. And uh, some of them have barely been changed. You know what I mean? Just like where, where, where people shoot from, where cuts go. It's become so much a part of how we watch film that we don't even notice that it, it was artificial. Right. You know? So it's, a, it's beautiful because, you know, this is, it's like having a film history. Just watching this thing. The other one that
1: fucking just grabbed me Hmm. is when uh, Murder has uh, effectively poisoned Beaumont and they're Mm -hmm. sitting at the table and Madeline comes down Mm -hmm. and it's shot through like a a decorative piece that makes a cross, a sort of a cross, kind
0: Mm -hmm. of. And did you notice she had that the outfit she had was Joan of Arc? Yeah, but it had that same cross design all the way down it, and I don't I'm know. down to, I mean, from the original pictures of the movie Joan of Arc, down to the um, thing around her waist with, it, it was originally, what is it, um, what do they call those for praying, those prayer beads, the Catholic sky? Oh, I have no idea. Anyways. A, Rosaries? Yeah, a crucifix, or yeah, a rosary, it was a, but it was a giant rosary that was coming down like that. Right. And it was exactly like the exact same thing. But what they did that fucking knocked my socks off Mm -hmm. is
1: camera stayed same position. They got the exact right angle to where while she is descending the stairs, the the cross piece on her chest stays almost exactly in the center Mm -hmm. of what they are shooting that through. Isn't that amazing? And I sat there and watched that and went, get the fuck out out of here because I think they had done the shot previously with murder coming down the stairs and I didn't notice it. And I want to go back and watch it again to see if he is also wearing something like that. Mm -hmm. But with her in that long flowing white gown and there's the crosses all the way down the front of her, but they keep the one exactly center or not exactly, but very, very close to the center of that symbol the same one while she's descending stairs. hmm James, I about goddamn lost it and went like, well, fucking, I can't. We've talked about making, I couldn't
0: think of that, and they did it in 1932. Well, here's, here's the deal, too. Um, to, to finish the point I was making earlier about the innovations in four guys owning the camera, they were more interested in what the camera could do, and, and because the technology changed just slightly enough, they were able to innovate these things, and it happened again, I think it was, like, right around the 50s during the television time. Um, Ernie Kovacs, just, a, you know, a comedian, he he loved that camera. He knew all the camera people, and he invented, like, so many different weird shots that we still use in TV today. Three-camera stuff, that kind of thing. So anytime there's a change in technology, we get these beautiful beautiful things that were not possible before, because before that, the camera could not, absolutely could not do anything else. Now they can kind of move it a little bit.
1: Right, and like you said, it's all that weird technological innovation, and yeah, there were people, or there, and I guess there still are, that yeah, as soon as that camera was like developed, there were, you know, effectively what we would call like internet nerds or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This, that's what they focused on. They went, holy shit, this is amazing. Think of the things that we could do with it. And then,
0: yeah, we get shit like this. And, and we make, there are certain things now that we make fun of, like certain types of cuts, like the swipe cut or the split screen or that. But at that time. Fucking, it was blowing tiny little minds. Fucking, there's a line across the screen. I can see what he's doing and what she's doing. What in the actual fuck? Dude, when they did the shot, because uh, Neil,
1: not passes out, but he's weak with delirium, oh, laying on the, on the beach yeah. in front of whatever. Oh, yeah, and he's got the fire in, yeah, under the little hut, yeah. And he sees Madeline in the sky. And they didn't do it to where you know you could easily splice the film together like mm-hmm. in half. They didn't do it horizontally. They did it diagonally about a third of the way down from the upper
0: left. Right. So it wasn't a complete split screen. There was more of one and the other because the other one didn't need to take up that much space and they thought about that. Uh Uh-huh. Fucking amazing. And just
1: diagonally. Mm -hmm. They could have it would have been much, much easier easier. I would assume. I'm I'm not a old film connoisseur, but. Or, you know, working with old film. Right. But I would figure it would be easier to overlay one atop the other
0: and, and do it horizontally. But the way this the scene was set, with the uh, with that line, that diagonal line, it allowed that... This thing. We know they're separate spaces, but they almost look like they're in the same space. And I think that's why they did it diagonally. Exactly. Dude, it blew my goddamn mind, Like, there were things in this that, like, I... I, you don't see today. Can you see... But it's an amazing what... Um, passion, talent, and technology coming together. hmm You know? It's just like... That's why I love... Like, the fact that every, every kid now can go get a, a SoundCloud and fucking express themselves. Dude, if I'd have had that when I was 10... Cause I couldn't play music, but goddamn, I wanted to sing some shit. Exactly. You know, fucking, I love that. And because of the new technology, there are so many talented people coming out and putting out music, putting out movies. I cannot recording
1: wait- podcast. Yeah.
0: But I can't wait to see like, since everybody's got a camera in their fucking house and everybody's got a, and everybody's got a computer. Can you imagine what kind of movies we're going to have in about another 10, 15 years from all these kids just fucking making movies every day. Cause it's fun with their friends. Uh, yes and no, because, a, I, and this is something I wanted to get into also,
1: the story in this is pretty fucking impeccable. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of times in older films, there will be you know, huge flaws and things, sometimes. Or more
0: overt yes, messages.
1: <laughs> yes. But, I mean the story is solid. It's an hour and six minutes long and mm-hmm. they got through everything. Didn't miss a beat. I didn't feel like I missed anything. I didn't feel like there was too much or too
0: little really of anything. I felt like I also got a, a full, rich, vibrant, complicated story that hits story points that you need for drama. Exactly. There was the there was uh, the suitor who wanted the, was the love triangle. It's the plantation owner it's the the bad guy in the corner there's a different villain but there's more than one villain there's the the kindly preacher the, you know and everything you need in a story is there and they give you enough to make you even fill in more blanks than there probably are there uh-huh. that movie felt like it was with as simple and as little as there was it felt more inhabited than some movies that I've seen that were really you know what I would consider thought out Yeah, more complicated, right? But this is sparse but dense. It's hard to explain, and that's
1: it's goddamn amazing. Like I keep saying, it's amazing, but it really is. The it's like reading a really really good short story that's Mm -hmm. like forty pages, and you go, oh goddamn, they hit everything that I needed.
0: I like like a novella. Yes, just a it's it's you can sit down and probably knock it out and maybe one sitting, maybe a sitting and a half. Yeah. And it gives you more story on accident and you're getting the whole book on purpose.
1: Yeah. Because there's not in as much as I know you and I do like some, of you know, arty films mm-hmm. that, that come around these days. There's not a, like barely any fat on this. Mm-mm. Like you said at the beginning, everything that they tell us is something that we need to know. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of just here and there conversation. Like, and that could also, you know, it can be a good thing mm-hmm. because it makes your film feel inhabited. I mean, Jaws, yeah. great example of that. But when you are telling us a story and it's a story like this where it's, you know, it's so dramatic. it It's
0: basically it could be a stage play.
1: And that's what a lot of these were at the time.
0: Oh, yeah. And but not only that, but they would tour a play and then bring the movie too, or they would have two of the stars go to New York and do a performance in front of the movie. And that would make the film more money and the stars more money because they didn't pay him real good back then. Right, and th- this was the era where you know we're not going to go sit in a theater for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Like, no, give us the story and we got shit to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this was prior to all-day movies where you'd go and you'd, find, you'd drop, and then they would have the newsreels, then they'd have two cartoons... Then they'd have a double feature, and then they'd have the late night movie. And I know, I know, my dad used to tell me about how he used to fucking go all day long for like twenty cents, just fucking live at the movie theater. I'm like, yeah. and you give me shit about watching TV? Eat a fucking ball! Right. The generational fight never go never changes. They stayed in the movie theater all day. <laughs> we watch TV. My kids can't get off the goddamn computers. Same thing.
1: And uh, I I do want to talk about the performances because. Mm. I love shit like this, and it's, like I said before, I don't watch a lot of these like old, old, old films, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, because every time I do, I'm so goddamn satisfied, because, again, I, I appreciate newer films where it, it feels like real life, mm-hmm. but it's also refreshing to watch something when you go, oh yeah, these are actors. Well,
0: I've got a theory of why you missed out on them, though. And I got all of them because when, when I watched them, it wasn't fuck else all to watch. If you, if you wanted to watch something, it was what the fuck was on. And we had the UHF channels. And, you know, I do not want to watch CBS or nothing. So it, it was all old movies all the time. The way you can see media, you, you had more of a choice. You had more access to VCRs. It wasn't a huge, a huge deal. So you would have more of a choice of what you wanted to watch. You're not going to go out of your way to pick an old movie when you could watch the fucking new Big Shining. You know, so it's only a difference in that. But I think you missed out, though. Right.
1: I I understand what you're saying is, yeah, I did have access to uh, VCR, but, like, I don't know how young you think I am because, yeah, I grew up watching television, movies on television. But by the time I I was watching movies on television, a lot of the Saturday, you know, afternoon or whatever Mm -hmm. movies, it was like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Okay. Or, you know, that era of film, because I grew up, obviously, I turned 10 in 1995. Right. And I turned, what, 10? I'm not
0: going to tell you. But anyway. <laughs> many, many moons ago. I, I, what's that? I was 10 in 77? Just add 10 years to when you were born. I didn't want to admit to the fact that it was 77, goddammit. So, again... I when I was coming of age where I wouldn't have more discernment in the movies, I still didn't have a choice. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And that's why, you know, I I do have that affinity for 80s movies, whereas you'll be like, Man, that movie sucks. Why are you watching that? <laughs> like, yes. Well, because it
0: makes me feel like I'm little. <laughs> yeah. Put me in, put the great escape and I'll be ten years old again. Oh, uh. <laughs> they're going to sneak past the Germans. He's going to jump his motorbike. I haven't watched The Great Escape in quite some time. Oh, I will bring it the fuck over. It's
1: one of my favorite movies. Wait, is that the one? I know there's... No, is it Bridge Over... Which one is like
0: four hours long? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Every single motherfucking one of them. The original cut of Dirty Dozen, two and a half hours. Yeah. I don't have all day to watch The Bridge Over the River Kwai. Now... Each of those movies is two and a half hours. And if they didn't cut them and you watch them with commercials on TV, that's a fucking day right there. You got about four and a half, five hours invested in that motherfucker right there. But uh, back to
1: the point that we're, let's get back to oh, the Oh yeah, film, we're doing but, a podcast. Fuck. Yeah. yeah but uh, what I was saying is that I love watching these actors mm-hmm. because I mean, you could call, uh, the uh, uh Madge Bellamy's performance hokey, like mm-hmm. when she is at the uh, table after she drinks the, po- or smells the flower with the poison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you see? I see love and happiness. And then they do the insert shot of Bella Lugosi's insane eyes in her glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And, and death. And then does the, you know, uh, forearm across the head faint. She camels it right
0: there. and But like, I kind of love shit like that. Well, again, at that time, that was shorthand. Everybody who, they were still going to theater and the movies and nightclubs and the way that everybody was consuming, that was natural looking. That was what they expected a woman to faint. The arm better go up, or what the fuck are you doing? What kind of movie you're showing here? Right. I want to see when I'm fancy French films. I'll go down the street. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like I said, it's almost like Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. No, that- well, a lot of them again were were stage actors, and a lot of them again came from the silent era, where the grand operatic gestures, where hand movement meant something. That's why I love the fa- I love these old movies because anytime you cut to a hand, I'm just like, whoa, what are they doing? Oh, and and. And they would pose. They would literally pose and talk. Oh, I love that shit. Dude, and the sequence, I think, that
1: fucked with me the most, Mm. especially just the acting in it, was when uh, Beaumont is sitting at the table after he had been poisoned, and uh, Murder is sitting just whittling away
0: Mm -hmm. at that candle. Just talking to him, telling him, hey, you're fucked up, buddy. Yeah, hey, uh, you're the only one
1: who's ever really known what was happening to them. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, why don't you just sit with me for a while. Just watching this complete sociopath, watch this man just disintegrate
0: effectively mm-hmm. in front of him. I love, too, the, the shot where he was Beaumont was slowly coming at him with a knife and just he's nonplussed, just fucking just sitting there. He just gently takes the knife out of his hand, starts whittling that thing again, uh-huh. pushes him back. I'm like, fuck, can you imagine? Can you imagine having some semblance of who you are and you know all you want to do is kill this motherfucker. And he just takes it out of your hands to says, sit the fuck back down. And you had to sit the fuck back down.
1: But uh, oh. uh, Robert Fraser, his who plays Beaumont, mm-hmm. his acting skills in that scene while he is, like you said, in the process of just being completely zombified and trapped inside of his own mind is so goddamn good. Like, it's
0: all in the face, all in the eyes, all in the pathetic get, gestures. And that
1: desperation, because mm-hmm. you can tell that's a mind that is trying to speak, who is trying to say anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. And just watching this man uh, fall into being just completely feeble. Oh, yeah. While being taunted by, effectively, his captor. Mm-hmm. James... <laughs> It was one of the greatest horror moments that I've seen in a long time. Because I, it wasn't gory. Right. It wasn't supernatural. Or I guess it was,
0: if you want to be technical. Well, not really, because, again, it's scientific. Right. You know? According to the lore of this film. Right. It's it's
1: that... Look what a human can do to another human. Mm-hmm. Just look at it. And, yeah, like you said, Bell Lugosi acting completely nonplussed when mm-hmm. Beaumont tries to pick up the knife. And yeah, you can see him like a big smile. Yep. Because
0: there are some hokey looks that he gives the camera. <laughs> One time you look like Alfred E. Newman. He just had this <laughs> little grin. I just wait and what, me worry? <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. fucking Bella Lugosi's face is goddamn amazing. But yeah. you, The only thing that threw me for a second is I used to watch a lot of silent films. And uh, I used to love Harry Houdini once, because he, he did a series of films, like he'd fly an airplane or he'd do an escape. But the way he looked, that face, that, the face and the hair, I was like, holy shit, that guy looks like Houdini. And it took me a minute to get back into the movie. But yeah, the, the whole acting style is just, mm. And uh, do a scene look, with just your face. Okay, no problem. Yeah, that, I, I am an actor. That's what we're here to do. But can, how, who can do that now? Uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, besides Tom Cruise, our national treasure, who, who else?
1: Uh, Harrison Ford.
0: Yeah, but he'd have to say, "I'm Harrison Ford." Damn it! While he's doing no,
1: because Harrison Ford, if you watch enough India, I've been watching a lot of Indiana Jones lately. Uh-huh. He has that real good like, "Oh, I fucked up." Face. <laughs> yes. Oops. Yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh dear. Or just disappointing because he's always been just a real sourpuss. Mm-hmm. He he's a very good facial actor. Um. Uh, well, let's
0: just say the pool is very, very, very shallow of people that can still do the whole face thing.
1: Yeah, they can convey that kind of... And again, both sides of it, Boma and murder. The mm-hmm. acting is just incredible.
0: <laughs> and again, hand gestures, so, eye movements, just sets of the face, just slight turns. It's fucking...
1: Mm. And uh, we, we haven't talked much about the preacher.
0: Oh, Love that fucking guy. He's the fucking line of the day. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Just, have have you got a match? (laughs) The whole fucking world's on fire. Got a match. Yep. Love it. It it ends the film. It's the last line of the film. Well, it did need one moment of lightheartedness. It really did. Yeah, and he
1: does. He brings that little bit of levity to the film where he But not
0: comic relief. No. Just his presence is soothing, and considering what his in is the movie. It's the preacher. Hey, dude, don't it, do that. It, oh, you did it. Fuck. Well, this is why it happened. And even more than that, beyond the preacher, mm-hmm. he fills the
1: role of the kind, the wise but sort of doddering old man. Mm-hmm. The old man that everybody, like, he gives them good advice, but they never really seem to listen. But he's got that quirk, you know, have you Have you got a match? Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a a, not weirdo, but just... No. He yeah, lives it. his life in
0: enlightened detachment. Yeah, he's just a, 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 go- okay. a goofy old man. I've been here for 30 years, and I'm probably not going anywhere, and I want to make sure my people are safe, so um, are we done here? Yep. Okay, bye-bye. I got to yeah. go hide this shit. Hopefully nobody else finds this shit. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> yeah, when he, I love the part in the, the
1: sequence that we had talked about before with Neil there, where he says, "Uh, Now... It's in the Haitian penal code. Turning, uh, giving people drugs to turn them into uh, zombies. Or uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Before he explains all of this, it's right here in the Haitian penal code. Mm-hmm. Looks at Neil and goes, "It's in French. You speak French?" <laughs> Neil's just like, "No." He's like, "Well, fine. I guess I'll read it to you." Mm-hmm. Well, it says here. <laughs> just one of those old dudes that is just like, not clueless, but mm-hmm. just kind
0: of. Oh, you speak French, right? Like. <laughs> No. <laughs> and, and another thing, too, again, amazing for the time, traditionally in that role, that person would be patronizing, downplaying the natives or or whatever. The only problematic thing I had was there was one black face in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that did not need to be there. No. No. But- es- especially because they had already had a, a black actor. Yes. <laughs> and they had a black actor that could act. Yeah. That that carriage driver is real good. Fuck yeah, but, fuck yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. And the I, music at the beginning, I was a little hey oh, hey, oh, hey. I was waiting. Dum, 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 dum. I was waiting for him to come out with the tomahawks. I'm like, oh no, you just mixed three very stereotypical native sounds. And ugh. right, but
1: as we were saying, that I was very surprised by the uh l- lack of offensive shit. Like, oh no, fuck yeah. I was so. You kind of had to look for some shit that never once did they refer to the natives as anything but natives or their names. Yeah, they never had yeah any sort of like even for the 30s slur for them. They right. were just the natives, mm-hmm. and they were always besides uh, with the exception of murder. Obviously, mm-hmm. they were always treated with respect. The carriage driver, who probably is Haitian at least in the context of the film. Mm-hmm. Explains to them that yeah, there's this uh, ceremony happening, and they wait. Yeah, he doesn't really go; or, uh, he might go around it, but like he's like, "Yeah, that, that would, would be rude." We're, we're wait. Yeah, we wait. And they were, n- besides m- the character of murder, never treated disrespectfully and by anyone. No, and like or talked down to even, which I was very, very surprised by <clears throat> because, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be anything in 1932 to slide a. Uh, Whatever they might have called Haitians, mm-hmm. whatever just horrible name that is a, an offensive term
0: that's not even any longer used. So, can you imagine? We have offensive terms now. Can you imagine how offensive they could possibly get back in the 30s? Yeah, and get away with it just because it was natural every day. Yeah. Saying whatever the fuck word you got. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not,
1: and again, yeah,
0: there's the one blackface, and that was when I went damn it, because I thought we were, gonna, it's toward the end, and I thought we were going to get all the way through it. And I don't know why they felt they needed to do it. Maybe they owed that, maybe that actor needed a job. I don't know. Everybody needed a job, but I don't know. Maybe he owed a f- favor to somebody. I, I don't know. i say, and, and, and not just because of the blackface, but I
1: when I said there's very little fat, I think him and Neil going to that little village, I think that was the only piece that this movie didn't really need. Well, I think it needed to be more than 45 minutes. right. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that they could have focused more in other parts. That mm-hmm. that just seemed very, very tacked on because the priest already knew right. what was going on. But he basically just went to this dude for confirmation. Yeah. And the shaman or whatever looked, took one look at Neil and was like, this man is sick with distress. <laughs> in, a, in a very bad... Uh, Haitian French accent.
0: Oh, my God. And, uh, and Bela yeah, is supposed to be French, too.
1: Yeah, and <clears> uh, throat> one throat> of his sleeves is pulled up because he's just wearing, like, leather gloves. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It, but not only just because of the offensive depiction, but, like, it's a part that I, really narratively, like, didn't need to be there. You could have just had the priest know.
0: Yeah. But considering what they were working with, the time constraints, the money constraints, the, oh, fuck, where are we going to get this set from? This is absolutely incredible. In fact, um, I've seen keychains with the Bella Lugosi eyes with the big the big thing. I didn't know. I thought it was Dracula, but now that if I you know how you go to the stores and they got like 15 keychains all horror themed? Yeah. Well, I often see those eyebrows, but I thought it was from Dracula. No, it's from White Zombie. Yep. And so this is the kind of movie where I, I would... I, I just assume because you're a horror nerd that you would have seen it, you know? Because every, even people I know just, like, fringe shit. And this seems like a fringe movie. I would have just assumed you'd watched it.
1: It's it's one <clears> of, <throat> I think, my biggest faults as, like, a film fan is that I I often skip right over shit that was made before, you know, like, even the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. I just happened to one day... Th- because I thought Messiah of Evil was a cool name for oh, a movie hell yeah. and it ended up being like wow that was a really s- strange yet sort of incredible film and yeah. it's one of my biggest blind spots and I continue to do it like mm. I if if we hadn't been on like a hey we've been neglecting zombies let's catch up on some zombie shit had we not done that I probably almost would have never considered
0: watching White Zombie dude I, I, unfortunately now both of us are going to have very little time, but I would love nothing better to do than bring all my favorite old movies that I fucking grew up loving. And, oh, I'll watch them all. And just have you watch them and sit there and go, cause I, I, I'll bring them cause I fucking grew up with them and love them. It'll be the opposite. Now you'll watch it once and I'll be like, remember the part in the second act when Steve McQueen lifts his legs and farts towards James Garner. Hey, I've seen bullet. <laughs> But, but you know, I, I'll be like chapter and verse, dude. And in the seven ups when, remember in Freebie and the Bean when. We're going to watch all these Charles Bronson movies back to back to back. Well, have you seen Car Wash is an important question. I don't believe that I have. Oh, oh hell yeah. I, I
1: do remember one Charles Bronson movie. That I always forget the name of it, but it's the one where he's like a bare knuckle boxer. Mm-hmm. And I remember that because uh, we had gone to somebody's house uh, for a reason that I will not disclose, mm-hmm. but uh, th- the person's house that we went to had some weed butter that they had made, so oh, we Jesus. just took shots of weed butter. Oh, God. And within 10 minutes, I was gone out of this fucking
0: universe. Yeah, because you metabolize it immediately and with just all the fat.
1: staring at Charles Bronson being a bare knuckle boxer and just thinking like... God, I can't look away. This
0: is a really good movie. It's probably
1: really stupid, but I have to focus on this. No, I think that's the one where
0: he was uh, in a concentration camp and had to fight. Maybe. But I will tell you this. If you want me to see a movie, I don't care if it's good, bad, indifferent. I don't care where it was made, who made it. If you say bare-knuckle boxing, I will watch the fuck out of that movie. (laughs) I am fascinated with bare-knuckle boxing. (laughs) Why? Why? It's just people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, knew, I knew a couple of people that bare knuckle boxed, and they were the most fascinating human beings I've ever met in my entire family. Yeah, when you life. hear about, like, New York in the 1860s, and
1: they're like, yeah, they went 126 rounds. Like, how?
0: Because <laughs> yeah, people were just made differently. Well, also, the boxing style was different. You're not going with a headshot with without gloves because you're going to break your fucking hands, so... If you could block most of the body, and if you're not jumping around, you could last maybe 60 rounds if you're any kind of fit. But these guys (laughs) did not look fit, and they would smoke in between rounds and drink beer and just go up there and just... But the whole style of boxing was different. It was all arms. You, You would literally beat somebody's arms until they couldn't lift anymore and then fuck them up. Yeah, and it
1: was uh, like going back to the yeah. People were just made differently. That's mm.
0: dudes that were used
1: to like, oh yeah, I work on the rail yard during the week. Mm. I'm used to lift just lifting two hundred pounds. I chop. Just- but before they would box, obviously sloppy drunk. So they probably
0: never hit each other that much. Oh no, they did. <laughs> oh, that that's a, but that uh, I, that's a whole side. Uh, yeah. yeah, combat sports. We'll we'll talk some other day. <laughs> but. uh Long story short, James, would you recommend White Zombie? Fuck yeah. God damn. <laughs> because everybody I know, if they haven't seen this movie, should see this movie because it is fucking amazing. It, Dude, we've had a, such a good run. We've had such a good run. And its I, I would say
1: I would recommend it to people that are capable of watching a movie. Yes. Because if there are some movies that you can half pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's... Like I said, it's like 66 minutes. It's a very old movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's paced very quickly, but it's not But constant. it's paced
0: differently because we're used to a lot of different visual things happening. Yes. So there is empty space movement-wise there. If you're not used to that, it's going to throw you.
1: Yep. And if you are absolutely resistant to things that are old because you think they're boring, don't watch it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to enjoy it.
0: But if Or... You can, Conversely, if you if that's not your bag, watch it for just what you would consider batshit insane acting and just weird sets and just goofiness. If if you don't see it in a certain light, this could be very goofy looking. Yep. So I'd say give it a shot that way too, because I don't see any reason for you not to at least try to watch this fucking movie. Yeah. It's really goddamn
1: good. Oh hell yeah.
0: Oh James. Uh, yes.
1: You handsome sex kitten you. Teehee. You big old
0: fuckpot. Oh dear. Where can people find us? They can find us on horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We also have, did I say the Instagram yet? Yeah. I'm missing something. Oh, yes. Give us the stars on the Spotify or on the apples and the Spotify's. Did I get all of them? I like how you look so
1: unsure of this. I know. It's,
0: I... it's like walking when you have kids and walking through a
1: hallway to go take a piss at night. And mm-hmm. every single step is that if there's a Lego, I'm going to goddamn lose it. Hey. If there's anything that hits my foot, I'm going to fucking lose it.
0: And then you accidentally touch your pinky toe on something and just jump. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you were walking a real tightrope. But hey, yeah, go uh, give us some stars. All it, of the stars. Yep. And uh, it, it really does help us out. It's something you can do for free. And it, the coolest thing is if we get a bunch within a week. We get moved way to fuck up. Yeah, in the old algorithm. I was looking into those algorithms. They're interesting as fuck. Well, tell me about it. We got time. We do. How much time do we have? I, I got fucking nothing going on. Okay. Well, there are cool metrics like. Um, if- uh, good night, everybody. And good night.